TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And we welcome you to the two guys at a mic show. First big football weekend of the year. College football week number two, but we did have the opening of the NFL season. It was beautiful to have football back. Lots more to talk about as well. PGA golf, another uh, champion hath been born. Mr. Zach Johnson wins that. We got FIBA basketball to talk about. A couple other things off the sports page. Welcome. To the talkzone.com. It's the two guys at a mic show. We do it each and every Monday through Friday, one hour a day, five days a week, five in total. Hope everybody out there had a great weekend, sports and or otherwise. David Olson on the other side of the window. Pain, our producer, or as we like to say sometimes, the pain on the other side of the window. My co host, checking in via the telecommunication airwaves. From Aurora, Illinois, is the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Big dog, I don't even need to ask how you're doing, because I know with high school football on Friday, college football on Saturday, pro football on Sunday, you had to have a almost orgasmic weekend. Yeah, and, and considering that I had to wake up at 5 o'clock this morning to train somebody, I'm a little bit exhausted. I was all over the Chicago area on Friday night going to different high schools and then legitimately started watching football at 8 a.m. Wow. on Saturday morning. Wow. And next thing I know, I'm falling asleep to a, a Virginia-USC game at the end of the night that was really good. I woke up on the couch at 9 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. I just started watching <laughs> football. I didn't even move. Oh. I didn't even move, Coach. And hey. Luckily, Cloudy was here, and he just kept feeding me food. I didn't even leave the couch. <laughs> there is a well, stain, by the way. What was he feeding you, marinara sauce intravenously or what? No, every two and a half hours, just like I know he had it, he was giving me a small meal. Boy. So it was like some pulled pork and then maybe oh. some barbecue chicken. I, I almost knocked on your door. I, I was almost going to stop by Saturday when you mentioned you guys were serving up pulled pork. Hour, about an hour and 15-minute drive for me to get there to watch the games with you. But the pulled pork almost, almost got me to the house. Uh, I got to tell you something. We do it right. We have we have the one television going. We have another television on the side. Mm-hmm. We have other rooms with TVs with different. I mean, people are always just stopping by. And, and legitimately, you know, we don't mind if you make a comment here or there. But if you continue to talk, telling mm-hmm. stories about stupid stuff, we put you in one of the uh, uh, like kind of like the kids' table. We put you in another room. <laughs> As we well, they should not watch football because that would be mean. But we yeah. do. You do get out of the rec room, okay. basically. Well, I guarantee if I was over there uh, pulling some of your pork, I would definitely be in the big boys' room because I'm with you. Enough of the little chattering. That's why the, the Super Bowl to me is somewhat bothersome because you got people, you know, it's a party time chattering away. No, when it's time to watch football, I like to hear what the announcers are saying for one thing. So stop uh, the chatter. I find announcers to be a pain in the butt, to be quite honest. Not, honestly, uh, mm-hmm. not, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just mean. Or maybe usually I think I do a better job than the announcers. Mm-hmm. So I usually don't care what they're saying, Coach. Yeah, I, you know, I, I've i heard people say that the last two, three, four, five, six years criticizing the announcers is kind of the uh, in vogue thing to do. I'm on the opposite side of it. I think very similar to the how the athletes have gotten better in the last five to ten years, I think the announcing 
just me personally, and I'm probably in the minority, has gotten much, much better. I hear very few bad announcers, and I hear a lot of good ones. And I'm going to give you two in particular. And uh, let me throw out our phone number here as we talk a football weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, and or Sunday, high school, college, or pro. Our phone number here on the TalkZone.com show, 888-463-6748. Again, 888 Brian Billick, the ex-head coach of the Baltimore Raven, I did not like him as a coach, as an announcer. I think he's very, very good. And I don't even know the guy's name, Big Dog, but the new guy on the Notre Dame broadcast, who's the color announcer, he took over for Pat Hayden, because Pat Hayden is now the athletic director. But that guy who does the color, he is maybe one of the best color announcers I've ever heard. Well, you know, I don't know who's doing it, to be honest with you. I was going back and forth uh, uh, because Cloudy's a diehard Ohio State fan. I, yeah. I have to admit, I didn't see as much of the Michigan-Notre Dame game as I wanted until Cloudy fell asleep Oof. on the couch. You missed and a good I one. I grabbed the remote, and I was able to – and then, trust me, at that point, Ohio State was just running out the clock on, on Miami. Who Who – they beat up pretty bad, but the problem was their kicking game was horrible, so the game was a lot closer than it appeared. So I could finally start watching almost every play of the, the Notre Dame-Michigan game. Wow, is all I have to say. Yeah. That one lived up to the pregame hype, unlike the other games on Monster Saturday. I watched that one from start to finish, and you were watching at 9 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. I was watching like at 6.30 in the morning on Sunday, the last three quarters of Michigan-Notre Dame game on tape. Sorry, David Olson, uh, we'll call it. who had won at that no. point? Absolutely not. Oh, that's the way to watch. Absolutely that not. And I'll tell you what, you you could take the best made-for-TV drama, the most suspenseful, most uh, entertaining television drama on TV. You put in the uh, what are you know fill in the blank, and, and I guarantee it did not have the drama, the excitement, the raw human emotion of that Notre Dame Michigan game. That was regular season college football at its absolute finest. When Notre Dame took the lead with the longest play in Notre yep. Dame history from scrimmage, that's a bold statement. What I just said that Notre Dame has a long and storied history. When they, when uh, uh, Kyle Rudolph caught the 95 yard bomb from Chris and went all the way for a, for a touchdown, legitimately the first thing I thought was if Denard Robinson can lead Michigan to a touchdown. Actually, I, like I said to my buddy, how is he going to get it done? He's in first place in the Heisman Valley. I know it's only two weeks in and it doesn't matter, but I don't mm-hmm. ever remember anybody after two games, the whole country being like, oh, yeah, if there was a Heisman right now, the kid would win it. I well, mean, that's how unbelievable and, and, and to add to, after two games. To add to the amazingness of that, they didn't even know he was going to be the starting quarterback until about a month ago because the kid who played in front of him last year was a returning freshman. So if you would have taken college experts and given us the top 55 Heisman candidates, this guy that you're talking about, Denard Robinson, would not even have been listed in Absolutely. the conversation. Absolutely, 100%. Coach, maybe even in the top 100. Honestly, he would yep. not be in there. Last year, I, I've said it on this program. I don't know if you remember because you don't remember much, Coach. <laughs> I was like, why don't they just have the long snapper snap the ball about 40 yards back to the kid and have him return punts? Because that's what he looks like. Uh-huh. The guy looks like a punt returner when he's running with the football. And all of a sudden, you know, this year, I mean, he's completing passes and, you know, he's running up to the line, stopping and throwing a screen pass to a guy on the other side of the field. And all of a sudden, that guy's wide open. I mean, he has played to perfection the idea of a running quarterback in the in the spread offense so far mm-hmm. through two games. 502, I think, total yards. And he followed that up with a 400-something-plus game. Um 
in their opener against a pretty good Connecticut team. So he's done it against yeah. two pretty good defensive teams, too. So we do have a leader in the Heisman uh, candidate award. And Notre Dame, of course, part of the drama, lost their starting quarterback. A couple of true freshmen came in to start. One who's the son of the Bears, ex-Bears player, personnel director. The other, uh, oh, he's the son of some guy named Montana. Just to add to the made-for-story, uh, made-for-TV storyline. Anna Montana? Uh, Nate. Uh, I'm oh, sorry, Nate Joe. Montana. <laughs> I forgot there's a more famous Montana now. I apologize to all of our yes. listeners in the 12 to 22 age bracket and some of our sick 40-somethings like yourself, Joel. It's not Hannah Montana. It's Joe Montana I was talking about. Yeah, there there was a, a guy that won four Super Bowls at quarterback, and yes. that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, it's only it, happened twice it, it, for a quarterback. Based on but. the performance of his son. Actually, the son is a true freshman. You could tell he's going to be a pretty good quarterback. I was going to make a little smarmy remark and say, based on the performance uh, in about four or five series, Nate Montana's not going to win uh, nearly as many as four championships, but he actually has potential to be a pretty good quarterback. But the yeah. point I was trying to make yeah, is... if he wins three Super Bowls, what is the kid a disappointment? <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, Next, seriously. Next yeah. question, please. But well, one thing that certainly came to fruition, and I, I've been saying this for a long, long time, Big Doug, nobody listens to me, including yourself. Your memory is good. You remember everything I say. You just disagree with 82% of it. God bless you. See, it's better with me because I can't remember most of the things that I disagree that you said. I guess you have a point there. That falls under the – I really don't have a point. I have no idea what I'm saying, but I guess the closest I could come to is uh, ignorance is bliss. Thank you very much. But the point that I was trying to make before I was making the point trying to make before we started uh, the pulled pork conversation earlier in the morning is have a backup quarterback ready to go. One of the most important spots in your team is the number two quarterback. Your quarterback is going to get injured. It's not a rare occurrence. And in fact, I would tell head coaches out there, big dog, I hope many of the head coaches are listening out there, anticipate it. Assume that your starting quarterback is going to be out for a series or two or an extended period of time. That's the best way to go into your preparation. If he doesn't, that's a bonus. Assume he's going to get injured. Have your number two quarterback with the entire play selection and a lot of reps so he is ready to go. We saw a Notre Dame team and a Detroit Lion team, one in college, one in pro football as examples, completely unprepared physically and mentally, to go with their number two quarterback. Are you with me a little bit? Uh, yeah, I, I totally uh, agree with you. I only saw a little bit of the of the Nate Montana and situation. Tommy the Reese. Lions should be ashamed of themselves. I mean, that was bad. That was really, really embarrassing. They had one first down before their final drive with Sean Hill at quarterback. Seriously, I mean, you're an NFL team. Come on. Come on. That was embarrassing, Coach. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that Bears-Lions games, folks, if you want to uh, stick around for a little fireworks, because I called Big Dog right after the game yesterday, and uh, we got into it over the phone. We're going to get into it over the radio, too. So uh, we're going to do that after break number one, after we kind of set the table with all the games. Make sure you stick around for that. Me and the dog will be going at it, hopefully joined by some of your uh, fine opinions out there. Again, our phone line, 888-463-6748. But, dog, it was great to have a full weekend of football, was it not? Oh, absolutely. And I started it out by going out to a great Chicago matchup. Glenbar North going to Naperville North. Glenbar North got this kid, Luxie, that supposedly he's like, uh, uh, he's going anywhere he wants to for, for college to play running back. Okay. And the kid calls a lunch lady the B word, coach. Oh, boy. On Friday. Oh, boy. He gets suspended. 
So they go into Naperville North, who is the eighth-ranked team in the city uh, of the Chicagoland area, and you, you figure, you know, Naperville North should walk. And all of a sudden, these kids play the most unbelievable defensive game. They win 10-3. to Their only touchdown was an interception return for a touchdown. And uh, i got to be honest, this is one of the harder-hitting games that you will see down on the field. So that was how I spent the Friday night. Uh, I, I don't know what game you did on, on Friday. but Just for uh, like, all the high school kids out there, uh, you know, Think about it. Now, control your emotions. Absolutely. I mean, you spend six weeks, five or six weeks in the heat of the summer, getting up early at 6, 6.30, weight room, morning practices, evening, but you spend all of that time so that you can participate in an arch-rival high school game like that. There's only nine of them, maybe 10 or 11 in high school football. That's it. And then you you lose your cool. You do some idiotic, like call the lunchroom worker a bad name, and you're suspended for a game. Not a smart thing. Control your emotions and make sure all the work you put in comes to fruition. Coach, you're 100% right about that. And I, Honestly, I'm not kidding you. When I was in high school, I realized that. I don't care if somebody pulled a gun out at me, but like, yes, sir, uh, excuse me, can I, can I please get past you because I don't want to miss tonight's football So game. the cafeteria worker, if they served you like a uh, you know chopped sirloin, maybe not quite cooked well enough, you would keep your cool. First of all, I was lucky that Mrs. Collins, uh, I was dating her daughter, who I treated extremely respectfully, especially in her presence. Who's Mrs. Okay. Collins? Was the, the lunchroom lady. I Wait. was like a king. You were dating the lunchroom lady's daughter? Yes. And she wow. Was smoking hot. And wow. It, it was funny. As what was the lunchroom or the daughter? Right across the street from the high school. So here's another thing, people. Wow. That's First unbelievable. Of all, First of all, the woman's making minimum wage, yep. okay? So don't call her a B. Has She's to making w- minimum wage. Secondly, she handles your food. You never, <laughs> ever disrespect people handling your food. Yep. Yeah, another way, way of putting that is don't ever lose a football game. You never mess with someone wearing a hairnet. I found that out also. Yeah, especially if his name is Carlos. <laughs> or Earl. Yeah, oh, never Earl. Oh, Earl. You remember in the college lunchrooms, it was the same. <laughs> we get sidetracked once again, but basically the same piece of meat Monday through Friday. And Monday would start out like his chops are one, you know, and, and, and it would work its way. Friday, I remember, it would always be like stew. Or maybe Monday might even have been steak. And then, you know, Tuesday, the same piece of meat, chop sirloin. Wednesday, hamburger. Thursday, uh, maybe ma- casserole. Yeah. <laughs> And then Friday stew, same piece of meat, five day transition from steak to a uh, stew. It was a beautiful thing. As long as they kept prices down, I, I totally understood. So, so, yeah, I'm not complaining about that. Yeah, uh, that ended up being good. So I couldn't wait. Saturday, you know, I, I get to bed early, and it started all over again. What a day on Saturday! Is all I'm going to say. There was a bunch of great games. They didn't involve the marquee matchups because most of those were blowoffs, besides Notre Dame and Michigan, but. You know, I watch the football from start to finish, and uh, it's, I probably need to get a look, like do get out more often on Saturday, coach. Well, it was. I, I realized on Sunday, yesterday night, I go over to my boy Hogan's house to work on do some work, and I realized I hadn't left the house since I had been home on Friday. My neighbor was like, "Hey, isn't it a beautiful day?" I was like, "Yeah, I guess it was. I haven't left the house in forty-eight hours." Well, in your so. in your defense, and it's a dangerous thing to go on the defense for the big dog. In your defense, it was the first big opening weekend. I'm going to assume you're not going to be that much of a football junkie. You will have a light other weekend. This was the first big one. A lot of great games on, so understandable on this particular weekend. No, I, I figure I'll get out of the house Monday through Friday. Yeah. Plus, you had pulled pork. How do you leave when there's pulled pork? 
Oh, yeah, hamburgers, you name it. Cloudy had it going on this weekend. Now, did you have a little leftover pulled pork you put in with scramble in with the eggs the next on a Sunday morning? Uh, no, actually, yesterday morning I scrambled in with the eggs, the Italian beef that Cloudy made oh. on on uh, on Thursday. Italian beef, huh? Oh, interesting. So good. I gotta let that one settle in. I'm all for leftovers. I'm all for combining foods, but that might be stretching the limit a little bit. Italian what beef. Is- oh, oh man, that's good. Yeah, thank you very much, Dave Olson, a man with an appetite over there. you got to open your horizons a little because he made them with a peppuccino peppers, Coach. Yeah. Who I, I cut it all up and made it into, like, scrambled egg sandwiches. I'm, I'm, all I know is this, is everybody who ate them was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I'm a longtime pepper uh, fan. I'm not necessarily familiar with the peppuccino pepper. You know, those they're, like, big and, like, light green. Oh, okay. You, you know what I'm talking about? The ones about that go on the Italian beef sandwich. Yes. Oh, those exactly. are delicious. Yes, exactly. And I, I, I just chopped everything up, all right. fried it in a pan, and then I cracked oh. eggs over them and then served oh, them on some man. wheat toast wow. that had butter, that didn't butter. That a lot of breakfast? fat in the morning. Remember that, Coach. Oof. A lot of fat in the morning if you want to stay skinny. <laughs> oh, goodness. Friendly appetite tip, health tip from our uh, good friend, the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Get yeah. our phone number here, 888-463-6748. I went to the Northwestern game uh, live. Saturday morning, Big Dog well, drove out there with Glenview Jack, one of our good listeners. Glenview Jack, a veteran, at finding uh, tickets at the last second for a low price. He found uh, some older guy huddled under an umbrella, looked like he was uh, suffering a minor case of pneumonia. The guy gave us uh, two tickets, 20 bucks, 10 bucks each. Not a big crowd there. We sat at the 50-yard line. The actual tickets weren't for there, but that's where we sat. 50-yard line, about 20 rows up for 10 bucks a ticket. Uh, that's, that's getting it done, coach. Yeah. And, and I gotta be honest with you, there are some weeks I'm gonna go to college football this year, especially mm-hmm. after, you know, when I start making money with this, this new job that I have. But I, yesterday would not, or this Saturday would not have been one that I'd want to have left the house. Okay. I, I'm with you. I understand, you know, being out there is, you know, a lot of fun, but uh, there are some Saturdays I'm gonna have to stay in, and there's gonna be other Saturdays mm-hmm. I'm gonna wanna get out. They're like, uh, hey. This wasn't one of them, though. I, I, I'm glad you had great seats because to go to a Northwestern Illinois State game with all those games on the tube at one time, it had been uh-huh. awful difficult for me. Oh, no, it was a, Especially when Cloudy's making pulled pork. The, <laughs> the whole atmosphere of college football was always outstanding, thoroughly enjoyable, even if it was uh, somewhat of a blowout. And, Big Doe, if you want to get out and go to a game October 9th, I believe I'm heading up to Columbus, Ohio. First time ever going to check out the Horseshoe, Ohio State versus Indiana, me and the wife, you can make it a threesome if you uh, feel free to come. Uh, I'll be more than happy to come. Just Separate uh, hotel I'll, rooms. I'll, for... wait, I'll wait on the corner of 294 and 80, and okay. you can just pick me up. If how, that's, if that's what you want to do. how will we know it's you? I will be the one that's dressed up as Jim Trestle. <laughs> oh, sweater, sweater, vest, tie, and boxer shorts? That's what the look is going to be? Yeah. You, know, you go with that outfit, you'll get picked up before we ever get there. Yeah, the problem is I don't know if I'll have cash enough by the time October 9th. So that's, yeah. I doubt that's going to be a go. Even yeah. though I would love to go, I, I don't think I'd yeah. have the, the cash to go by then. I'm, so. I'm, I'm going to count you in. It's you, me, and the wife in uh, separate rooms, though, for all three of us, by the way. Uh, understand. Yeah. understand. <laughs> all right. Uh, give me a quick one, two, three, Big Dog, of the college games. You mentioned some of the marquee games, maybe not the best ones to watch. Before we head to a break and come back with some fireworks, folks, and we're going to talk about that controversial. On this show, it's not controversial, but we go with controversial. 
finish. Uh, we're going to go at it, and I uh, want you, the listener, to come in with your thoughts on the Bear Lion game also, 888-463-6748. But real quick, Big Dog, give me a one, two, three, three top games you saw on a Saturday afternoon of collegiate football. Oh, well, without a doubt, the, the biggest and best game of the weekend was was Michigan-Notre Dame. But okay. uh, you know what? Early on, as Wisconsin was uh, blowing out San Jose State, and all of a sudden San Jose State making it a little more of a game at the end, and, and uh, South Carolina and Georgia going nowhere besides that Lattimore kid, the freshman from South Carolina, running over people. That running back is legit. Kansas versus Georgia Tech was a barn burner, Coach. So I, I know most of the people around the country weren't watching that game. But uh, Kansas ended up upsetting Georgia Tech. And Kansas had lost, a, a, I forget who the week before, like North Dakota State or something like that. And mm-hmm. then they end up beating uh, an ACC-ranked team the next weekend. So that was another real game. And I'm going to put this one out there that most people will be like, what? But North Texas versus Rice, a 32-31 back-and-forth game. Wow. I know it's a, like a lower-level Division One. Uh, but what a ball game that ended up being. Rice wins on the last second field goal, 32-31. What do they call North Texas, the big green or the mean green? The, yeah, the mean green. The mean coach. green. Mm-hmm. All right, very good. You gave us more than three. A great weekend at college football. Yeah. And you didn't even mention uh, James Madison upsetting oh. Virginia Tech. Did I get that right? Yeah, you did. Wow. And Boise State fans everywhere completely upset about this. Uh, Virginia Tech played horrible. James Madison totally changed their offense. They played the week before, and they went under shotgun, and they destroyed some a, a real bad team. Then all of a sudden they go and they played the pistol the whole game, and Virginia Tech wasn't ready for it, and they sneak out with a, a, a 21-16 victory over Virginia Tech, and I'm dumbfounded by that I, one. I think I can speak for the average football fan out there. In fact, I love to speak for the average football fan, even if I'm not capable of it. I was not even aware. And I think most fans were not that James Madison even had a football team. Basketball, well, they're, yeah. They're, I didn't they're know they're an FCS program, Coach. I they're not. one of the top FCS programs. So. They are? Yeah. All right. I gotta do I gotta do more research. Maybe maybe I shouldn't have spoken on the behalf of the average fan. But and that was quoting Cloudy. Who the heck is James Madison? And quoting myself, the fourth president of the United States of America. Wow. Very That's the conversation. So yes, you are the average football fan, coach. Okay. So some people don't even know who James Madison is, let alone they had a football team. Very good. I'm proud to be average. David Olson, our producer, as we head to a break, let me ask you the age-old question. Speaking of average, would you rather be the best of the worst, or would you rather be the worst of the best? It's the same thing. See? Joel, our producer David Olson will avoid giving us answers at any possible conclusion <laughs> all right we'll take a quick break bears lions controversial ending big dog and a coach going at it you can uh, join us with your thoughts on that game and some other nfl football 888-463-6748 i'd rather be the best of the worst
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. And we do welcome you back. Two guys at a mic, TalkZone.com. Let's talk some NFL football real quick. Uh, David Olson, our producer. We played Beat the Schmoes on Friday for the first time ever, and we tried to be gentle with you the first time. You were a first-time schmo. Pardon me for asking, but how was it? Uh, it was everything I thought it could be and more. <laughs> Smartass. It's and, good to hear. <laughs> and your record? Uh, one and two. Oh! Wow. That's not bad, big dog. However, 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 it, it, it should have been, it should have been. Oh, here we go. Well, two and one because of that bad call. Oh, so you had, okay. So that's a nice transition. Yes, I'm going to, big dog, I'm going to go so far. I feel so strongly about the Lions-Bears game. I'm going to go so far well, how, with how your. The, how did the Lions call cost you? I thought you took the, the Lions plus the, the seven. David. That's right. Didn't didn't the Lions cover big uh, big dog? Yeah, the Lions covered. Oh, so so David, you went two and one. Beat the Schmoes is with the uh, the spread. No, I thought the Bears were favored by three. No, the Bears were favored by seven. <laughs> okay, so there you go, two and one. Two and one. Mm-hmm. So it was even better for you than you thought. Yeah, it was it was a good weekend. I I, I really should have taken the Lions. I knew something about that. So. Did we lose the big dumb? No, I'm okay. right here. All right. Now, you went 3-0 and in the opening weekend. And, again, fans, if you're not sure what we're talking about, new listeners to the program, each and every Friday we play a football prediction game. Other shows play Beat the Pros. We heard the two guys in a mic show play a game called Beat the Schmoes. You were 3-0 and in the opening week, Big Dog, but you took a thud, did you not? Yeah, I went 1-2 and two this weekend. Yep. So. I, I tried to warn you on the Iowa team. In your theory, you're... They, they put, all I know is this is Iowa has a losing record against Iowa State. Yep. I just, and Iowa has perennially been extremely superior to that team. They normally play really, really, really yeah. good games. Okay, so I didn't yeah. get that one. I no, thought I, and and I agree with your thought process. I just My comment was I think this year's Iowa team, the exception to that rule, and, boy, they're a legit top-10 team. Watch out for the Hawkeye. The, 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 the one I won – was uh, Kansas over Georgia Tech. That yes, was I knew they were going to play a lot. They you lose to an FCS school, yep. you're going to play a lot better the next week. So I knew that was like a sucker bet. Everybody that was pounding on yep. Kansas. Uh, and then the other one, Tennessee. I am not here, so I get Tennessee plus twelve at home at Neyland Stadium against Oregon. Not even close. Thirteen to three in the with a minute to go in the first half, and I'm like. This is a cakewalk. I was like, uh, Oregon can <laughs> I didn't outscore see this game. By, they can outscore them by three touchdowns the rest of the way, and I would still cover the spread. I'm all giddy. I'm like, I'm going two and a one again this week, guys. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, we'll, I'll play this week. I'll play this week. Next thing I know, Oregon goes on a 45-point unanswered <laughs> roll against Tennessee. Oh. It was unbelievable, Coach. I didn't uh, see the I didn't see the game. I saw the final score. You're at forty-eight to thirteen. You're telling me Tennessee was leading thirteen to three with a minute wow. to go in the first half. Wow! It was. It, it, it all started like this. With a minute to go in the first half, Tennessee threw an out route, and I, the guy threw a little like uh, an umbrella pass. It was way up in the air, and it comes down. Uh, or a guy from Oregon undercuts it, runs it all the way for a touchdown, and I'm like, why couldn't they just go for the field goal? 
You know, they're trying to get greedy. And it's 13-10 like that. And then after that, the, the second half was a deluge. I don't think Oregon scored from inside the 10. Every single touchdown was at least a 65-yard run. That's a statement. That's a statement game by the Oregon Ducks, folks. 48-13-0. to 13 and 0. How the mighty have fallen. The Tennessee Volunteers clearly off at the top of the football world. Yeah, they have nothing but freshmen and sophomores on the plane. They had they have no juniors or seniors on their team. So maybe Tennessee can turn it around in a year or two, but it's mm-hmm. going to be a long year in the SEC for them. Okay. So. You know what? And I, I left my Beat the Schmoes football predictions in the car, and I'm not sure. You went, you went one and two. I did. Yes, because you had the Lions, right? I, you know what? I can't. Even, I, I've got them written down, and well, I was going to check when I came up here, and I forgot to bring the briefcase up. So I, you I don't... lost UCLA because they got absolutely okay. manhandled. I definitely the picked other UCLA. The game six. that you picked, you lost. I forgot which one that was, and I thought you had the Lions too. I took one team with uh, a big point spread. Yeah, you up took Michigan Flo- State over Florida Atlantic, the yes. Fighting Schnellenbergers. Yes, and they did. They did not cover. Oh boy. It so, wasn't even close. So. All right, so the best I can hope for is one and two. Yeah. All right, so suffice it to say, the, the sophomore jinx big dog, it hit the both of us. Yeah, well, you know, it's a long season. We're both four right. and two. Right, uh, I hope you took the I hope you took the, the, the Lions against the Bears. I don't think I picked that game, but either way, you know, a miserable performance by us, but I'm just glad, more importantly, that, that David Olson, our producer, as a first-time schmo, it was, uh, it was memorable for him, and I think the first time will go down as a positive memory for David. Makes my day. I'm glad it went down easy for him. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. Big dog and a coach. All right, let's go to NFL football, folks. Whatever city you're listening in from, whatever team you happen to root for, even if you're up in Canada. We'll talk uh, We'll talk Toronto Argonaut football. We'll talk Edmonton. What's their nickname? The Oilers? We'll talk Edmonton Oilers football. Wherever you're from, we will talk that particular game. Just give us a call, 888-463-6748. we got to start with the game here in Chicago, Big Dog. You and me almost went uh, mono versus mono over the phone. I almost it's, I almost drove same, out an it's hour. The same, it's your same story because you just don't get it, Coach. You can't play God. Well, That's all I'm saying to you. No, I, I'm not, not planning. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tilt, tilt, uh, tilt, put words in my mouth and tilt it tilt towards you. Go ahead. Tell everybody how you feel. No, I'm not planning on playing God. I'm just simply saying and my, my anger over the call did not wear off as the uh, morning sunk yeah, in. You're, you're, and, angry, you're angry at a rule, Yeah, not no, a call. No, angry at the call and less so angry, angry at, at the call. They, they made the correct call. No, they didn't make the correct yes, call. They did. they did. not make the correct oh, call. You're, Any, you're an idiot. And, and first of all, the sports uh, you know, radio I've been listening, driving in, and some of the newspaper writers out there, I expected to hear a lot more fire about how bad a call that was. Weak. Weak. The few it's disagreements. Bad, they got the call perfect. The call was made perfectly. If you don't like the rule, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. The call was correct. I'm not... They got the call correct on the field. They got the call correct on the replay. And they got the call correct afterwards by the explanation by the head of officials. Could not. They made the correct call. You just don't like the rule, coach. No, no. I'm not a big fan of the rule, but I most dislike the way that it was called, the interpretation it of it. perfectly. The interpretation and was perfect. First of all, I'm not a big fan of the technical rules anybody. So anybody that's going to call up the show, and again, 888-463-674. The one thing I don't want to hear, the one thing I do not want to hear is by the letter of the law. To hell with the letter of the law. Okay? I've been watching football, big dog. Big Why dog. have a rule book? I know football. I've been watching football for a long time, 
And you I don't understand know football, obviously. You I don't can, know football because they changed the rule. Coach. I can understand a little bit the reason for changing the rule. I understand the spirit of the rule to make sure that the receiver comes in clear possession. That play was not, read my lips, not what the rule was intended to put in. That's why I'm mad at the interpretation, the not as much the rule. That is the play that it's about, Coach. Boy, and, I, and I'm that disappointed with you, Doug, because I thought, you know, you were a true football fan, but I you am, apparently I are a slave. I'm a true football fan, and I realize no, that you're not a true the, football the, fan. You're a slave to the rule book. The rule. You have to control the ball all the way through the catch. He did. No, we didn't. Yes, he, he did. the ball. Landed and was still rolling, oh. and as he rolled, he decided to put the ball down on the ground. Yes, he did that. Yeah, listen to me. Why? Why does he put the ball down on the ground? You know what the sad thing is? Is Calvin Johnson admitted today, I didn't know the rule. Mm-hmm. He admitted it, and he's like, I didn't know the rule. Even even the guy who got the call called against him, even the coach who the first of all, Jim Schwartz was like, you know what? They made the call correct. The coach mm-hmm. of the short line said that. And number two today, Calvin Johnson was like, admittedly, I didn't know the rule, and I should have tucked the ball away. Well, he still thought it should have been a touchdown catch. And, and I was amazed at the reaction of the Detroit coach. I give him credit for not firing on the officials. Because, but, you know why? Because this year the officials went to every single camp and was like, remind you, mm-hmm. this rule was changed last year and we're going to emphasize it this year. Okay. I didn't know that that had happened. I found that out this morning. Every single football team got a visit by the officials, and they said, we're emphasizing this. Yes. You must control the ball all the way through the catch. Mm -hmm. Calvin Johnson did not control the ball all the way through the catch. You cannot argue that. You can say that, but you'll be wrong because everybody else who watches it realizes he put the ball down on the ground. Well, I think you you would be wrong because, and again, I'm disappointed with you, Big Dog, because I thought I'm you were a football I'm fan I'm first. And, and, and those of us that know football know that he did control the ball. No, he he did make the catch. That was a legitimate touchdown. And, again, you can take your technicality and the letter of the it's law crap and throw. He didn't control the ball. Yes, the he did. Big Dog, you didn't watch no, the play enough. You had too much pulled park. Coach, that is the exact, exact example of what they're talking about. Johnson goes up in the air, catches the ball, transfers it to his right hand, and as he's landing and rolling over, the, the his hand hits the ground and it comes loose. No, that's that not quite exactly an that's not and, and quite no, an accurate description. Two years ago, two he, years ago, it's a catch. He but makes you don't realize you're trying to say I don't know football. They changed the rule in the NFL. That is no longer a catch. That is the exact yeah. reason. Let me give and a, you know what the sad thing is, is you use Marty Brenneman in our argument as an example yesterday. Yes. Jeff Joniak brought this up yesterday. He was like, not only did they go to every single camp in the NFL to save people, you have to show control all the way through the catch so there's no longer, uh, there's no longer issues about is it a catch, is it not a catch. They brought in all the, the play-by-play and color announcers to the NFL uh, home offices this year, and they showed films. And this is a catch. This is not a catch. And you know who didn't go? Marty Brenneman. Tom Brenneman. Tom Brenneman did not go. Marty Brenneman didn't go either, Coach, by the way. <laughs> Tom Brenneman didn't go. And Tom Brenneman was your example yesterday. Of, yeah, he yes. said it was a good catch. Yes. Well, you know what? Tom Brenneman, first and foremost, is the jerk. Secondly, <laughs> he wasn't at that meeting. So he didn't get the, the NFL saying to them, by the way, you you have to control the ball all the way through the catch. And Calvin Johnson, no matter what you say, Coach, you can keep on saying it and keep on believing it and, and say, I don't know football. But the truth of the matter is he didn't control the ball all the way through the catch. Well, I would disagree Calvin with Johnson you. admitted today, according to the rule, I will never do that again. I will control yeah. the ball through the catch is what he said. Yeah, well, the Even truth. he admitted it, he messed up. The truth of the matter is he did control the ball. So I would strongly no, disagree with you there. And on behalf of Tom Brenneman, I've liked him sometimes, not liked him. All I can tell you is in that instant, 
for the three or four minutes that there was interpretation going on and we were all waiting for the call, he personified my anger and my dismayment at the play perfectly. His comments exactly took what I was feeling inside. And, in fact, after they made the call, he went so far as to say, and they had the head official on he went so far as to say, I don't care what the actual rule is, folks. That's a touchdown. That should be a touchdown for the Detroit Lions, and they deserve to win that game. And I completely, and I'm a Bears fan, Big Dog. I've rooted for the Bears, and maybe I'm not quite at the passion that you are. We're pretty damn close to it. I'm a longtime Bears fan. I felt, I, w- I was rooting. I was rooting for that call to be overturned. It was a touchdown. It was a catch. And again, I don't care what the damn letter of the law says. I know football. And you described it a little bit incorrectly. He caught ball. He took step with possession. Another step with possession. He, so he fell. Wait a minute. Let me finish. Let me finish. No, no, no. finish. He, it was, it was me... a good catch two years ago. He took one step and landed no. on his No, on you're his not feet. describing it right. He took step oh, with yeah. possession. Second step with possession. He fell to his knees with possession. And then he puts the ball on the end line to get up. And he as he gets up, he doesn't have the ball. It came loose before any movement to come up. As soon as the ball touched the ground, it came loose. No. Well, uh, if he would have like slammed the ball on the ground, maybe I can understand. It still would have been a catch. The coach, you don't okay. First of all, don't say I don't know football. Secondly, well, no, 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 you do know football. You don't know football if you're trying to tell me that that is uh, was a catch because they changed the rule. Uh, um, let me re- keep on repeating this to you. They changed the rule. Two years ago, that's a catch. It's a yes. touchdown. Bears lose, or the Bears have to figure out a way to to get a field goal in the last twenty seven seconds of the game. I, I and understand. The, way they that. the ball yesterday, they probably would have been able and to do I, it. I even Secondly, said it's a no longer a catch in the NFL. Period. Uh, big dog. I even said I don't mind the change of the rule. I understand a little bit. The no, no. Sp- the, 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 either you don't like the rule, don't blame the officials for calling the correct. Call. Well, I am going to blame the officials because they did not yeah, because make they, the correct they call. Make it up as they go along, right? They all oh, forget no. the rule book. Forget the fact that the NFL has stressed before the year that people have to control the ball all the way through the catch, all the way through Which he did. the catch. Not no, he didn't. Yes, he did. He obviously, didn't. The ball was on the ground. Five officials waved it off immediately. They did not wave Five it off immediately. It that's off that's immediately. not an One accurate description. Put his hands up no. And then was like, oh, yeah, you're no, right. No, 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 no. Five officials did not wave it off immediately. Yeah, Don't give me yeah, that, that crap. Exactly what happened. No, Five it isn't, of the big six dog. officials waved it off. One guy no. who happened to be in the TV screen yeah. put his arms up. And immediately when the other five came and waved it off, he was like, oh, yeah, that's no. right. That isn't you, a catch. You go back to the tape and you show me five officials that are immediately waving it off. One guy. I'd be more than happy. The guy closest to it. It took him him a second to wave it off. It took him one second to. He's like, "Oh yeah, that wasn't a catch." (laughs) So while while Marty or Tom Brenneman is up there, oh, what a great throw by Sean Hill. Which it was. That there's five officials running over to the one guy, being like, "That's not a catch." Mm -hmm. Great throw. Exactly what happened. Great catch. Any of us that follow football know understand why the rule was put in. That's a win for the Lions. That's a loss for the Bears. I'm ashamed, and I, I'm just surprised. Ashamed. Honestly, I'm not. Ashamed. I'm not just doing this for for uh, talk show purposes here. That's the way I felt after the game. And again, I'm a Bears fan, but I was thoroughly number one, first and foremost, Big Dog. I'm a sports fan, okay, and I root for my team. You know, I certainly root for my Chicago team, but I love the sports and competition. And the Detroit Lions deserved to win that game. It was a bad call, and as a Bears fan, I was rooting for the rule to be overturned. And I when it, when it wasn't. And the Bears won. I felt bad. And I'm amazed that more Bears fans, more true sports fans, are not as upset as I was. But apparently I'm on a very no, small island. No, 
Coach, the rules changed. The officials made the correct call. Stuff like that happens. The Bears have been screwed many times over stuff. Shrug your shoulders. It's only a football game. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world. Secondly, if you're a Bears fan, the only thing that you should be upset about is this, is the lack of their offensive line to get a push on third and fourth and short plays. That was embarrassing. This, the Bears move the fall, ball all the way up and down the field, and as soon as they have to get a yard, they can't get it. All right, now, I, it was embarrassing. Now we can get less less emotional and go after go off the controversial play. I'm really? going to agree with you, and I'm going to go one step further. Here's the sign of a good team, Big Dog. And you're talking about the four series is from the half yard line. You said third and fourth down. I'm, I'm going to say no, first down. The good teams, half a yard to go on first down. Their offensive line pushes and they score. The good teams don't have to make a decision on fourth down. It was a great stand by the Lions, and it was absolutely brutal example of the Bears' deficiencies on the offensive line. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And and you know, I was I thought of you, and I, I was smiling because you're always about that mid range pass all day long. Yes. I mean the Bears. The, the Bears would commit a penalty, yeah. it'd be first and 20, and the next thing you know, Jay Cutler's completing a 21-yard pass. Very right happy there. Very happy with the play selection. And then, so you're right, the play selection's good, and then all of a sudden, I, obviously you had to see it, Coach. The reason why Frank Omiel was moved from guard to tackle was the fact that he's more of an athlete and he's not a drive blocker or all that other stuff, so, you know, you put him out there, suppose he's a better pass rush. Well, they put in Detroit puts in Dominic and Sue over the over the the tackle, and they put two fat guys over the guard on goal line situation. <laughs> okay, so what does Mike Martz do? He runs three of the four running plays directly at Dominic and Sue when they were down there. When it, after Lance Briggs made that phenomenal play, let's let's not forget that wow. the reason why they were on the half yard line wow. because Lance Briggs. Not only, in, not only the up. sack, but the strip along with it. That was, yeah, and it was funny because he was trying to get up and get in the end zone. And I'm like, no, just secure the ball. What are you doing? They'll get in there. Cause I was afraid he was going to lose the ball the way, you know, the way he did. And then they, so the Bears get the ball to half yard and three plays directly at Sue, who, by the way, stood up OMA on every single play and pushed him at least a yard and a half back on all three of the running plays mm-hmm. that they ran directly at him. You know, Coach, I, I, I'll scratch my head, and after it happens uh, two times, I'll be like, you know what, let's just go check with me and run away from the kid uh, next time. They, they might have been able to get it in. That's embarrassing. How, as a professional offensive lineman, you can get absolutely whooped all day long by somebody and, and never man up and get it done is, is embarrassing. But, but I, I will tell you that this. Was, that was incredible. Four plays from the half-yard line, and I think – Amongst the great celebrations in sports, Big Dog, you talk about emotions and reactions on the sidelines. When a team makes four consecutive plays like that, and you watch the guys on the sidelines, the coaches, the hanger-oners, the players, that in all the sports, that's among the best, most animated exp- uh, celebrations you'll ever see. A goal-line stand yes. to keep a lead in the fourth yep. quarter. Yep. That's the, that all adds up to you should be able to, to have a blast. And, you know, a lot of people are ripping Lovey Smith for for yep. making the decision to go. I am not going to, because the, the way I look at it is, you're at the half-yard line, you should be able to get it in. The only people I'm upset about that particular situation is Mike Mark's play calling for directly going in and Dominic and Sue for three of the four plays. Mm-hmm. And the other one is the offensive line. Get some push. But, uh, you know what, technically, if they kick push. a field goal there, if they get a field goal there, Detroit... All of a sudden, instead of trying to protect the lead, which they did after that, so who knows how their offense would have been, you know, they have to go and they'll try to score. 
they needed a touchdown there. They did not need the field goal. So when all these people are ripping Lovey Smith, oh, they, you know, if he would have went in, they're oh, he had guts. What a great call. And all of a sudden, they didn't make it. Everybody's ripping him. It was the right call. You're yeah. on the half-yard line. They needed a touchdown there, not a field goal. A lot of discussion on that particular decision, and uh, I agree with you. You kick a field goal, you're up two. So now the other team, even with a weak quarterback and your offense not moving, you can always find a way to get a field goal. Yes, to absolutely. win a game, a touchdown. I don't think Sean Hill and the Lion uh, offense was going to r- go for a touchdown, at least at that point. So I agree with you. And I'm going to make a weird analogy. I thought when I listened to the arguments on that play and the the, the uh, 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 heated discussions about some people so strongly that what is Lovey Smith doing? Some of the sports talk hosts were just you know completely obliterating him. Yeah, you take guy, the Brian lead. Billick was hammering him. Yeah, and then you yesterday. got yeah Brian Billick, but then you got others you know like yourself that were saying it was a pretty good call. You got to go for. It. I, I liken it, again, weird analogy to the uh, pro-choice, um, you know, the, the abortion issue. Pro-life, pro-choice, where so many people are so heated and so vehement on either extreme. And I'm like, boy, I, you know, it's a tough call. Again, a weird analogy, a tough call. And I go back to that fourth down situation where I hear heated uh, discussion on both sides of it. And to me, neither way is a horrible call. Tough call. At, at the time, I thought we should kick a field goal. As I think about it now, I think Lovey Smith made the right move. You go for the touchdown because even if you don't make it, they're on the half-yard line. And I don't like to give the Lions an opportunity to win the game with a field goal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Coach. Absolutely. But, but it's, I don't think there was an extreme wrong decision there. That That's, a, to me, somewhat of an in-betweener. Yeah, and uh, it, it all depends on the time in the game and all that. And, and just like you said, don't forget the, the Lions get the ball on the half-yard line at yeah. that particular situation. The thing that I'm more upset about was the play calling and the inability of the offensive line to get it done. Mm-hmm. That bothered me, okay? Not the actual going for it, okay? And all those people, if anybody was at the stadium who said they were upset, you're an idiot because they were – the whole crowd was yelling, go, go. <laughs> so I don't, if you were at the game – you don't have the right to say that that was a bad call because you were all screaming to go for it. By the way, I talked to a few people that were at the Bears uh, Lions game, and of course they were not privy to the conversation during the break on the final touchdown play or, or lack of touchdown on the controversial call to the uh, announcers and hearing the head official like we were on TV. So the fans at the Bear game, and I've talked to a couple of them, they're watching the screen, they see the catch, and most of them were putting on their jackets loading up their stuff and getting ready to go because they could clearly see on the screen that it was a touchdown when it was reversed. Yeah, most of those people don't realize that the NFL changed the rules. Well, that's correct. Ago. That's correct. Okay. We're not going to get back into that. But but, but my, uh, when it was reversed, according to my uh, uh, firsthand reporters, a, a lot of the Bear fans were excited but shocked. They fully expected the, the play to be reversed and the Lions to win the game. Did you, did you hear Tommy Harris? No. He's like, I didn't know they, that they had that rule. He's like, I, I thought we lost. Did, to, so did, did, did Tommy Harris play? Guys, I was like, you know, these these guys get visited by the referees. Calvin Johnson, okay, I understand Tommy Harris, when they when the referee starts talking about it's a good catch, it's a bad catch, and Tommy Harris phases himself out because Tommy Harris only has so much room in his head <laughs> in order to remember stuff. Okay. Large cranium, by the way. But, you know, if you're Calvin Johnson and the referees visit and he starts talking about, oh, this block is legal, this block is illegal inside the box, Calvin Johnson, go, don't even pay attention, okay? But all of a sudden, they start talking about, oh, this is a good catch, this is not a good catch. We're going to emphasize this this year. Calvin Johnson, you're a wide receiver. Pay attention. There's a reason why the NFL sent these guys from New York in order to talk to you, okay? So I, I don't forgive the guy. As, as much as 
You want to just call games to what you think is right or wrong, yes. Coach. The, the truth of the matter is this. They emphasize the, the call this year. And when everybody's upset about, like, Detroit fans upset about the rule, you're upset that the, the referees followed the rule. The Detroit fans should be upset at Calvin Johnson for not paying. All he had to do was tuck it to his body. Yeah. That's all he had to do. Instead, he's holding the ball out. You know, the ball's a trophy, okay? He's not supposed to be showboating. He's supposed to be catching the ball. Yeah. If you would have paid attention. If you thought he was showboating, you weren't watching the play. But I, but I will. The first thing did, he was like, okay, just okay. Let's follow what you said. You said he was putting the ball. Well, in the, if he in was the process, the ball down, he was putting the ball down to celebrate and get up and start. Hey, well, what's wrong with me. that? Look at me. What's wrong with that? All he had to do was tuck the ball to his body. If he put, if he when he had two hands on the All ball. Right. He took one hand off the ball and only had his right hand on it. He caught it with you know, two hands. Ha- if he put like kept two hands on the ball, you know what we're talking about right now? We're either talking about the fact that the Bears moved the ball all day long and they couldn't get some short yardage situations and they turned the ball over too much, or we're talking about a great comeback by the Bears. Mm-hmm. It's either or. That's what we're talking. If Calvin Johnson holds on to the ball with two hands, but he didn't. He decided to take one of his hands off the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, so I do not. Feel bad for Calvin Johnson, Randy. The only I, I vehemently disagree with you. The only part I will agree with is he should have paid attention. Now it doesn't affect the result of that play. Why, why did he take? His but he, there's no ball question ball. he should have paid attention to the rule call. But but you know he, he caught the ball with two hands, came down foot foot knee, puts the ball down to the end zone line, goes up and celebrate. What a huge win! Detroit Lions haven't won a road game in 20 games. It was three movements. It was all one movement. It was not all all one movement. That's where you, I, and the referee interpretation, that's where we have a disconnect. Well, still, to this point, it's no matter what you say, he jumped up in the air, landed with two feet, and and he was falling on his butt, hit his butt, and he was still rolling, and he, he had taken his left hand off of the ball all by this point. Yes, because was, he had caught... It was all one fluid boom, and it happened within a second. Of yeah. him catching the ball and losing it was less than a second. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? He lost the ball. Well, no, he didn't lose it. If you watch the replay, he he didn't, didn't, no, he, he didn't lose the ball. ball. He didn't lose Dude, the ball. You act like he put it down. Yes. He, his right hand hit the ground, and it popped out. No, that's, that's not, put not, it down, not it an accurate description. Yes, it's a perfectly did, did, accurate The ball did not pop out. You watch it again. The ball did not I mean, pop out. I don't have to watch it again. I've seen it already 714 times. Well, I've watched it 682 times, so obviously the other 32 you watch more than me. You were not correctly interpreting it because he definitely, the ball did not pop out. Yes, it did. No. Yes, exactly what it did. He caught the ball. He caught it. Two feet landed. Yep. Then his butt landed. And as this, this whole time, his momentum is carrying him over and flipping him. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, he takes his left hand off the football. Well, the some reason he is he caught. on the ball, it's the touchdown. But instead, he takes his left hand off, yeah. and he's, like, holding it out there like it's a, like it's a picture of his girlfriend or something like that. <laughs> the guy, all he had to do was hold on to the football with two hands. Oh, and you know goodness. what? Right now, we're all upset that the Bears could not get movement up front when they needed to. Yeah, well, we my... wasted a great day by their quarterback, who, by the way, Jay Cutler, besides that horrendous pick that he threw it, uh, to Johnny Knox when there was five Detroit Lions surrounding him, yep. played a very, very good football uh, game yesterday. I'll disagree with you there. I'll say good. When, he would drop I wouldn't back say and very, three very Lions good. in his face, and he would move well, and find space and then deliver the ball. I he think... played... The best game that Jay Cutler has played as a Chicago Bear was yesterday. Well, that's not saying much. I thought he was good. He was not very, very good. And I think Brian Billick was right on. The protection wasn't great, 
But Jay uh, Cutler is going to have to learn in that offense. He's got to locate the hot receiver, and he's got to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker. Some of his throws were a little bit uh, off the mark. Matt Forte on the touchdown catch made a great change of direction. Again, I'm not saying he had a bad game. He had a pretty good game. I don't think it's nearly as good as people were saying. It's not as good as the stats where he had some missed throws. And I'll tell you this about Jay Cutler. If I'm scouting his against the Bears. incredible, Coach. What's that? His stats were incredible. Well, so. I watch. You can have your stats. I watch the game with my eyes, and I know what I see. Uh, yeah, I knew you were going to say that. You always, you're just a pessimist about the Bears. You, uh, I said believes, that was the best game a quarterback has played for the Bears in years. I'm not even going to go that far. I thought he had a Coach, good. The guy had Indomitian Sue, Kyle Vandenbos, uh, uh, Averill, that guy McBride. They were. He was wearing these guys. I, I, to be honest with you, I, I, I did not like. Cutler, and all of a sudden after yesterday's game, I'm like, you know what, that guy, he played, he showed me something yesterday, mm-hmm. okay, he that, showed me something. Best pass he made, by the way, was the touchdown not caught early in the game, the bomb to Devin Aramadishu. Well, that was a three perfect, yesterday. perfectly thrown pass, and that should have been a touchdown, I'll give him credit for that pass. There you go, and don't forget, there was a, you talk about couldn't find the hot raids, there was twice he hit Aramadishu on hot raids on blitzes, and a Roman shooter dropped the ball that yeah. would have been first down. And let us not also forget that 89 of his 380 yards were on a run by Matt Forte down the right sideline. On, was... on a screen pass. Oh, and by the way, the ability <coughs> to throw a good screen pass is important. There was nothing okay. special about that pass to Matt Forte. Uh, the, 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 being able to throw a good screen pass is difficult, Coach. I agree with you. And, and, okay, and you're right. You take that out, and he still has 285 yards passing. Okay, yes. That's a pretty good game. Okay. Pretty yeah. good game. Well, that's what I said. I pretty good. More. You take that pass out, and he still has a good game. And you, don't forget that there was three <laughs> passes dropped by Aroma Shadu. So if you add those, all the, if you add the Aroma Shadu pass, all of a sudden he has 420 yards passing. Aroma Shadu. Okay. So God, God bless all, all the stuff that the Bears have had to deal with, that was the best quarterback play by the Bears yeah. in the for all, for well, I, I can't remember the be quite honest. To me, when I look at the standings, and I know what the record said, but the Bears are 0-1, my opinion. The Lions are 1-0, and I'm going to put more. And, again, I'm a Bears fan. I tend to be the optimist in the glass half full. But bottom line is you're at home. You're playing a Lions team, which actually isn't bad. But, nevertheless, they only won two good. games last year. And their starting quarterback gets knocked out for the second half, and you basically – have to have a bad referee's decision to win the game. That's not a good it thing. It wasn't a bad referee. All right, forget Coach, about that. Why don't you just say what it is? You don't like the rule. It wasn't no. the, the referee we disagree. nailed it. The referees, na- five of the six referees knew immediately what happened. We disagree. The head of official called up immediately was like, that is exactly what we're talking right. about. Your opinion, good call. My opinion, bad call. Would you at least agree that uh, the fact we're at home against the Lion and an inept number two quarterback and we still had to win on the last play? Oh, that's uh, amen, amen, amen. The offensive line, if if they can start playing, this could end up being a very good offense because Matt Forte is, he's fast again. Chester Taylor looks like he's a very good third down back. Yep. Uh, Devin Hester, who by the way catch the ball on punt returns, Devin. If you're going to be back there, catch the ball. That's ridiculous. You let it drop, and the the Lions kept getting 15 extra yards that they didn't need on punts. <laughs> He was running routes and catching the ball with his hands. I know he only had a couple catches, but you know that was nice to see. Uh, you know, so if if these guys can figure out a way to block a little bit, coach, they could end up being a, a very good offense. And anybody out there, oh, the Cowboys are going to kill the Bears. The Cowboys are going to kill the Bears. You don't know anything about football. I'm not saying that the Bears are guaranteed to win and they're going to lock, but 
Did you did you see how bad the Cowboys' offensive line line was last night, Coach? Did not watch that game. Oh. I was shocked by the final score: Redskins thirteen, Cowboys seven. Let me let me just tell you this straight up: If you think we have a bad offensive line, wait till you see what Dallas is working with. <laughs> really, it, it, so any all it was the Bears may have a horrible offensive line, but it is at worst only the thirty first best offensive line out of thirty two teams because Dallas is putrid. It is bad. They right. are horrible, Coach. Right, we got to wrap it up for today. Tomorrow is going to be Residue Tuesday. We will continue. We didn't even get to the rest of the uh, NFL games and the round them up, wrap them up. So, uh, Big Dog, we will continue the discussion tomorrow. We want to thank everybody for joining us. By the way, Dog, for being our guest today, we do have a Lance Lewis number 60 autographed jersey for you. Well, uh, I was going to get you the Omaye, but uh, that was sold out. With, with uh, Mr. and Mrs. Omea, they bought, them, bought the two of them? <laughs> no, it's it's an offensive lineman's jersey. It's got three holes in it, by the way, though. One on the left side, one on the right side, and one straight up the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a great athlete, Coach. Yes, he can he throw is. the shot for a mile. Quick feet. Great feet. Yeah, so yeah, great feet. He could be on Dances <laughs> with the Stars. Yeah. All right, Bob, dog. No. Be good out there. Good luck with your new job. Uh, I can only hope this uh, this job you actually get paid for. Uh, don't even start with me. Right. You're right. <laughs> All right, dog. We'll talk to you tomorrow. David Olson, producer extraordinaire. Thank you so much. We appreciate everybody out there for listening. We'll do it again tomorrow. You can always check our website, folks. Two folks, two guys, Mike, dot com. More info and archive shows always. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow at ten.